Coming up this evening, live from New York City, recession fears grow. Investment bank JP Morgan says there's an 85% chance of a recession for the U.S. economy. What's the reason? President Biden considering pausing the federal gas tax to help at the pump, saying he'll make a decision soon. Germany going back to coal for power generation. It wants to reduce natural gas consumption as Russia squeezes gas supply. That and much more coming up on NTD Business. Great to have you with us. Chenny Wu here for NTD Business. Investment bank JP Morgan is now saying there's an 85% chance that the U.S. economy will go into a recession. It cited the decline in the S&P 500 stock index. The S&P 500 is an indicator of the U.S. stock market and the economy. It covers about 80% of overall stock market cap. It has fallen 20% from its recent highs this year. JP Morgan also says as recession fears grow, people will start cutting investment and spending, which could make the economic downturn become self-fulfilling. The Federal Reserve has just cut interest rates again and has pledged to do whatever it takes to fight 40-year high inflation. The Atlanta Fed last week cut its U.S. GDP growth forecast, saying they expect zero growth in the second quarter. Besides J.P. Morgan, several other investment firms also see a chance of recession. Wells Fargo predicts we'll see a, quote, mild recession by the middle of 2023. President Biden also trying to tame down inflation. Today, he said he may decide soon on whether he will temporarily pause the federal gasoline tax. This after several lawmakers floated the idea of a gas tax holiday. Yes, I'm concerned. Uh, how soon can we expect a decision? Well, I hope I have a decision based on the data I'm looking for by uh, by the end of the week. Will you be sending him on gas tax cards, gas rebate cards? Well, the, that's part of what we're concerned. That's part of the whole operation. The president also says he's nearing a decision on student loan relief, but he did not give any details on his possible plan for forgiving student debt. With inflation at a 40-year high, we take a closer look at how different industries are doing in this environment. Some of them seem recession-proof, while others are struggling. NTD's Sean Marshall has more. Our high inflation environment is treating different businesses in different ways. Industries that involve giving people experiences are holding up. For example, movies are doing well. With Top Gun and Jurassic World Dominion pulling in large box office numbers, the movie industry has historically performed pretty well during recessions. Some even call it recession-proof, a reputation it's carried since the Great Depression. Luxury brands and beauty products are also holding up, with wealthier people shrugging off high prices. Brands like Macy's, Chanel, and Gucci are staying strong. An accounting firm PwC has seen demand growth in the hotel industry, with revenue per available room expected to exceed 2019 levels because of strong leisure and business travel, but there are problems elsewhere. Anywhere from 60, 65,000 to a couple of hotels may end up at 85, 90,000 a year additional interest expense payments because of the of the rate hike. Jamal Patel is president of Q Hotels, which owns, develops, and manages hotels in Louisiana and Texas. Patel says the hotel industry is getting hit with high fixed costs. This is going to be a significant blow to our bottom line. This is uh, not on top of the 300% um, increase that we saw on the building 
uh, in, uh, uh, insurance uh, that, that that is in South Louisiana has just gone up drastically. Uh, the hourly wages uh, at our hotels have increased up to 75-80%. Also not doing so well, real estate, with rising rates and decreasing demand for mortgages. At a 0.3% sales drop in retail in May. In comparison to the previous month and recent data show, restaurant traffic has dropped to the lowest point of the year. Consumers, you know, have an option, right? Either I fill up the gas tank or I go eat. Wing Lam is the owner of Wahoo's Fish Taco, which has around 60 locations in the United States and Japan. Wing says, So you did about 300 lunches, you know, normally. You might be doing about 150 to date, if you're lucky. Uh, because of lack of office workers, you're down about 20 to 40% easily. And then, you know, add inflation, gas, you're down about 50%. The cost of eating out rose by 0.7% in May in comparison with the preceding month. Sean Marshall, NTD News. The summer travel season is here, and many of us want to get away. The problem is airlines and airports are struggling, and that means delays and cancellations. In the U.S. alone, more than 900 flights were canceled on Sunday. The cancellations are being blamed on rough weather, staff shortages, and infrastructure challenges. TSA officers said they screened more than 2,400,000 people nationwide on Friday. That's the highest checkpoint volume since the Sunday after Thanksgiving. The increase in delays and cancellations comes just days after the U.S. Transportation Secretary met with airline CEOs. They discussed ways to improve performance and operations ahead of another expected surge in travel during the July 4th weekend. A sharp rebound in air travel from the pandemic will allow global airlines to narrow losses this year. An industry body says airlines could possibly even claw their way back to a profit in 2023. NTD's Andrew Thomas has the details. The International Air Transport Association, or IATA, upgraded widely watched forecasts on Monday. Global airlines are now expected to post a $9.7 billion dollar loss in 2022. The 2022 forecast is nearly $2 billion better than an earlier expectation of an $11.6 billion loss. I think the environment is better than we had expected. And while we have upgraded it, you know, we're just uh, forecasting lower losses. Uh, but that's a step in the right direction. Last year's losses have also been revised to $42 billion, an improvement from an earlier forecast of $52 billion. I think it gives you, you know, a better feel for how strong the demand is coming back, how well airlines have managed other aspects of their cost base, and you know, the, the speed at which the recovery is taking place. But airlines meeting in Qatar have been warned high oil prices and inflation risk denting the fragile recovery. Andrew Thomas, NTD News. With Russia limiting exports of gas, Germany is being forced to revert to coal for its energy needs. NTD's Sean Marshall has more. Germany's Green Party is going black. Back to coal. German economy minister and Green Party member Robert Habeck announced Sunday that Germany must reduce natural gas consumption and increase the burning of coal in order to help fill gas storage facilities for next winter. This comes as the country moves away from reduced Russian gas supplies. Energy and climate policy expert Nick Lorsch describes the situation as not just one step backwards, but two steps backwards because it ignores nuclear power. Germany could still be relying on nuclear power for about 30% of its electricity, and it just has continued to ignore 
scientific realities and data about the safety and reliability of nuclear power and taking those power plants offline. Loris mentioned the contradiction of electric vehicles being powered by coal. That again only becomes cleaner when you're when you're plugging your uh, hybrid or your EV into cleaner forms of electricity and now uh, they're going to be plugging into electric powered by coal fire power plants this year and so uh, all types of backwards thinking from an energy policy. Germany is a wonderful model for us of what not to do. Energy expert Daniel Turner says Germany's energy plan has hurt its economy and cost families absurd amounts of money to power their homes. Germany has been pushing a green agenda unsuccessfully for more than two decades. They've seen nothing but prices go up, uh, emissions have gone up, um, and overall inefficiency has gone up. He believes any elected leader who wants to emulate Germany should be run out of office. It's 20 years of tremendous waste, of taxpayer waste, a tremendous failure in terms of emissions reductions, in terms of cost savings to the average citizen and the average family. Moving forward, Germany says they must limit the use of natural gas for electricity production and burn more coal, calling the current situation a transitional period. Sean Marshall, NTD News. Soaring energy costs pushed Germany's producer prices to a record high in May. For the past year, producer prices jumped nearly 34%, the fastest pace in over 70 years. Energy costs were behind most of the surge, but inflation has become more broad-based. Food prices rose nearly 20% in the past 12 months. Today, producer price data points to more pains to come for consumers, also adding to concerns that Germany's economy is headed for a rough patch. Several think tanks predict the German economy is expected to grow more slowly this year. Less Russian gas for Germany, but more Russian oil for China. Russia became China's biggest supplier of oil in May. Crude oil imports from there soared 55% from a year before, to a record level. This means Moscow has now retaken the top spot from Saudi Arabia as a top supplier to its eastern neighbor. It shows Russia can find buyers for its oil despite Western sanctions over the invasion of Ukraine. However, Moscow has had to slash its crude prices, a move that appears to have attracted major Chinese buyers like Sinopec. The crude deals also highlight the ties between the two countries. In February, when Russia's invasion began, they said their friendship had no limits. China's overall demand has been slowed by health crisis curbs and a slowing economy. Despite that, China still brought in a record level of oil from Russia. And that's in addition to almost 440,000 tons of liquefied natural gas last month, which is 56% more than the same month last year. Speaking of China, when Beijing says it wants to get rid of every last virus case in the nation, it means it. A single virus case triggered mass virus testing and a partial lockdown in China's Shenzhen cities. Authorities implemented home isolation orders for several communities there. Leaked recordings suggest that TikTok may have misled the public about whether China can access American user data. The evidence shows that TikTok's user data stored in the U.S. could still be accessed by employees in China. NTD's Don Ma has more. Your personal data could have already been seen by the Chinese Communist Party. 
That is, if you use TikTok. TikTok is owned by Chinese company ByteDance and leaked recordings from internal meetings seen by BuzzFeed reveal that China-based employees of ByteDance have repeatedly looked at American TikTok users' private data. Casey Fleming is the CEO of cybersecurity firm Black Ops Partners, and he has some advice for TikTok users. You must understand and you must assume that technology from China is tracking personal information that can be used against you and your values. It's unclear specifically what kind of private information was seen by Chinese employees, but according to the leaked recordings, everything can be seen and some employees have access to everything. The BuzzFeed report comes in contrast to TikTok previously denying allegations of sharing user data in China and says it would never do that even if it was asked to. It's to have plausible deniability, and it's all about gaslighting and, and creating their own narratives. TikTok was developed in China with Chinese developers. It's controlled by the Chinese Communist Party. The leaked recordings contain 14 statements from nine different TikTok employees. It reveals that, at the very least, engineers in China had access to U.S. data between September 2021 and January 2022. As of April this year, TikTok has nearly 138 million monthly active users in the U.S. 10-year-olds to 19-year-olds account for the majority of this figure. Don Ma, NTD News. Meanwhile, China is concerned about Tesla getting access to its data. Tesla drivers in China may soon have to be careful where they go. From July 1st, the cars will be prohibited from entering the coastal district of Beidaihe where a secretive leaders meeting is due to take place. That's according to a local traffic police official. He didn't give a reason for the ban, but said it concerned national affairs. China appears to view Tesla cars with some suspicion. Last year, Tesla cars were reportedly banned from entering military complexes. Out of concern, their cameras could be used for spying. In recent weeks, the cars were also reportedly restricted in one city while Chinese regime leader Xi Jinping was visiting. Tesla cars feature an array of cameras to help with parking and other tasks. Company founder Elon Musk has always denied that they could be used for spying in China, or anywhere else for that fact. Tesla has said that all data generated by the cars in China will be stored in the country. A volatile weekend for Bitcoin. It fell below $20,000 for the first time since November 2020, before going back up today. It plunged nearly 11% in less than 24 hours on Saturday. Bitcoin is down almost 70% from its all-time high of $68,000 in November 2021. Overall, it has lost $900 billion in value since that peak. The second most popular form of cryptocurrency is also in a steep decline. Ether plummeted 10% on Saturday to $975, the lowest level since January 2021. Companies that support cryptocurrency are also struggling. Coinbase was forced to lay off 18% of its employees earlier this month. For those who lost money on crypto, fear not. You can still buy now, pay later to buy certain products, even if you don't have all the cash just yet. But some people think that's a bad idea and can lead to mismanaging your money. Now the UK is tightening rules to make sure customers can afford to pay. NTD's Phil Zhou has a story. Buy now, pay later. It's a financing option that allows customers to buy and get what they want now, but pay for it at a later date. If you had the means with just 
weren't, didn't have them right now, it could be a good option. Still, shopper Suna tells me she'll pass. I think it's smarter to just buy whatever you need when you have the money to do so and not and not and to pay off your credit card every month if you can. Even Apple says it plans to offer buy now, pay later options for Apple Pay users in the U.S. Over in the United Kingdom, 15 million people used buy now, pay later last year. Now the U.K. government is tightening regulation. I don't use it. I spoke with Tao Hida, who just went shopping today. She's a florist and an event planner in the flower industry. I just don't think it's a smart way to manage your money. I think you end up forgetting about it, or even if they remind you, like, you might not have that money later. And then when it's due, it's like you don't really have a choice. A recent survey shows 23% of buyers use new loans to cover the old loans, such as credit cards to pay for the buy now, pay later loan. 9% use money from a bank overdraft and 7% had to borrow money from friends and family to cover the payments. I guess for young people, they don't have a lot of money or their income is not regular. They're students. I have a lot of friends who are students who might use it. The UK government wants lenders to check the customer's finances to ensure they can pay off the loan. Advertisements must be fair because regulators say they are currently misleading. Lenders will also need to be approved by the Financial Conduct Authority. Phil Zoe, NTD News. Still to come, the House issues a report about a popular pet collar that is believed to be killing pets. Government agencies are taking blame for inaction. Lunch with Warren Buffett sells for a record-breaking price, more than four times the winning bid in 2019. That and more coming up on NTD Business. Welcome back. Workers at an Apple store in Maryland voted to unionize on Saturday. They're the first U.S. employees of the tech giant to do so. The International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers said more than 100 employees voted to join their union. The local workers said in a letter written to Apple CEO Tim Cook that they had the support of a solid majority of their co-workers. An Apple spokesperson told Reuters by email that they had nothing to add at this time. Unionization efforts are gaining momentum at some large U.S. corporations, including Amazon and Starbucks. Apple workers in Atlanta who were seeking to unionize withdrew their request last month, claiming intimidation. Some current and former Apple workers last year began criticizing the company's working conditions online using the hashtag Apple2. A House of Representatives report finds the use of Soresto flea and tick collars was linked to the deaths of thousands of pets. The popular pet collar was launched in 2013. The product offers eight months of flea and tick protection for dogs and cats for under $70. Almost 34 million Soresto collars were sold in the United States by Bayer Animal Health and Alanco Animal Health. The report says the collars caused 2,500 pet deaths. It accuses the Environmental Protection Agency of failing to take action against the collar, despite being aware of the dangers for several years. The report was released Thursday, just before a hearing. During the hearing, the chief executive of Alanco Animal Health called the risks posed by the collar reasonable. 
Businesses that survived the flood in Yellowstone area last week are now having a new threat, closed roads. The floodwaters wiped out bridges and roads, isolating communities. NTD's Sean Marshall has more. A key bridge that leads to the tourist town of Fishtail collapsed, causing traffic to divert through a single-lane county road. Lee Johnson runs a restaurant called Montasia. It's a Montana-Malaysian restaurant he runs with his wife and daughter. He says the limited access is costing them dearly. When we opened for the first time after the flood, um, it started just dead. And you start to have that sense of dread creep in. Did I do all this? Did I sink all this money in? Have I started this business and people can't even get here anymore? Johnson and his wife, Yoki, who is from Malaysia, took over the lease on a beloved 124-year-old building in Fishtail, Montana, earlier this year, transferring their restaurant from another part of the state. For Yoki, the business was a dream come true. My cancer came back last year, and I want to fulfill my bucket list. Been in Montana since 97, and finally be able to own something with my family. So to me, that, that's, that's my biggest goal. She had beat cancer a few years ago, but it returned late last year in a more aggressive form and has spread across her body. I'm not sure how many time I have left. So the time that I have left, I, I want to be with my family, work with them every day, see them every day. Even before the couple took over the property, it had been a watering hole for a group of local retired men who played pool on Friday afternoons. Today, they are celebrating some of their birthdays and bring Yoki and her family pieces of cake, bantering with them as they serve up rounds of beer. This is my wife's dream. This restaurant is my wife's baby. It's on her bucket list. It's one of the last things on her bucket list. And um, I just am humbled to be able to help her on that journey. No matter the new economic hardships they face, as roads remain closed into their town, Johnson says there's no closing the place. You can now get a Sam's Club membership for just $8 a year. Normally, it's $45 a year. The company says it's doing this because of the upcoming Independence Day holiday. However, this special deal is only available until Sunday. It's limited to only one per person, and it's only available to those currently without memberships or those whose memberships have been inactive for more than six months. This way, existing members continue paying the high $45 annual amount, and Sam's Club attracts more customers. Customers who couldn't afford the $45 amount or were uninterested for some other reason. To get the special deal, you have to physically visit a Sam's Club, walk to the membership desk, and then ask about the July 4th offer. Investor Warren Buffett's auction for lunch just went for a record-breaking price, $19 million. The bidder remains anonymous. But whoever it is, they get to have a private steak lunch with Buffett and up to seven guests. They will be dining at Smith & Walensky Steakhouse in New York City. This year's huge sum is more than four times the winning bid in 2019. That was the last auction before the COVID-19 pandemic. This year's lunch will be the last one auctioned off with Buffett. The money goes to the Glide Foundation. It's a San Francisco-based nonprofit combating poverty, hunger, and homelessness. And from a private steak lunch to Scooby Snacks. Remember, we told you about the Airbnb stay from the Scooby-Doo film, where guests can enjoy an overnight stay in the mystery machine from the live-action film? Well, it's sold out within minutes. The idea was to celebrate the 20-year anniversary of the movie's release 
The iconic van will be parked out on the Malibu coast in Southern California for three one-night stays starting Friday. The lucky guests who got the stay for 20 bucks for the night acted fast and will get to re-watch the movie in the van while enjoying lots of Scooby snacks, such as hot dogs and eggplant burgers. If you have any news tips or feedback for the show, send us an email at business at ntd.com. That's the latest from the NTD business team and myself, Chenny Wu. You can still catch NTD Evening News with Stephanie Cox at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. You can follow me on Twitter, too. For NTD Business, that's all for today. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you tomorrow.